This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody! Welcome in. It is the Utopia Football Podcast with other things mixed in. Besides just football, but mostly football this week, as we are less than three weeks away from the start of the NFL draft. we got a lot of stuff to get into on the podcast today. This is the first one this week. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon. My name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, alongside, as always, my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com, John McClain joining me. John, how you doing? Happy Easter. How was your weekend? Everything was great. Watched a lot of golf, watched the Astros as well, and watched them finally win a game the way they won last year. That was on Sunday when uh, Hunter Brown pitched great for seven, and they had Abreu and Presley uh, following him up, and that's the way they won games last year. And uh, so maybe that will be the start of good things to come. Yeah, a few games against the Pirates here, hopefully. Pirates are off to actually a pretty nice start, but um... – Astros are sitting at four and six as you and I record this. I said this to Seth this morning, John. I would I, I would sacrifice going one and two. If someone told me before the twin series, they're going to go one and two, but Jose Urquidy and Hunter Brown are going to both pitch really, really well. Will you be okay with things overall? I said, well, I'm never okay with a one and two record, but especially the Hunter Brown part because he's got an ace level ceiling. You know what I mean? Like if we're talking about what these guys in the rotation can – can reach and get to. Um, I think we know what Fromber is. I think Javier, we know what he is, which both of those are all-star level players. Urquidy and Garcia, you know, Garcia especially is still kind of young, you know, so we'll see. But Brown to me is a guy who's got a really high ceiling. To see him go out on Sunday and give seven innings of one run ball and, and have good control was the big thing, was really, really nice to see. They've gone through the rotation twice and he and Javier are the only starters with a victory, and uh, now it's back to Fromber, and hopefully they will not blow games like they did on Saturday at Minnesota. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was terrible, but uh, it is weird. You know, you shouldn't be give, losing a series to the Tigers at home. That was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. And that's... then and you should have, we should have won two from the Twins, but I would take your Keating. And Brown pitching really well and take the one and two record since it's such a long season. And the bottom of the order looked great against the Twins. Mauricio Dubon's hitting 304. Corey Jokes is hitting 304. Is it Jokes or Jukes? Jokes. Jokes. He's yep. hitting 304. Poor old Bregman 
It's a, he's got he doesn't have, he got one RBI, no home runs. He's just off to a terrible start, but you know he's going to hit. And uh, Alvarez and Tucker are kind of carrying them in the power and putting Chaz McCormick in the leadoff spot. Uh, since he dropped to six, Pena has gone from 171 to 204, I believe. Okay. So he's more, he's obviously more comfortable not batting leadoff. And McCormick yeah. against the Twins looked like he was made to bat leadoff. Laid off with a homer, two hits, and four RBIs. Yeah, I think Chaz is happy to be in the lineup, so he'll hit wherever they put him. You know, <laughs> like Pena knows he's going to be out there every day for whatever reason, and hopefully Dusty's backing off of this now because Chaz has played really well. Um, you know, no more platooning Chaz. Let Chaz be the regular guy for a little while. All right, um, so John, we got some football stuff. You and I were talking off air before we started recording about the quarterback situation, and we are now officially into the. Uh, into the, you know, sort of the funny season when it comes to these quarterbacks and what the Texans are going to do with the second overall pick. I'll say this before we dive into this topic, that the odds have moved now to where Bryce Young, for the first time since the trade of Carolina moving from nine up to one, for the first time Bryce Young is the favorite to be the first overall pick. Minus 130, he's now the favorite and for those who don't know, minus one thirty means you bet one hundred thirty. You risk one hundred thirty dollars to win a hundred. Um, C.J. Stroud is even money to be the first overall pick. So you know, bet a dollar, you win a dollar. Um, and to this, John, where are you at with this whole Bryce Young now? All of a sudden, is the favorite thing. Uh, first of all, I would be happy for the Texans to draft either one of those guys. There is growing sentiment that, that D'Amico Ryan's is going to talk. Uh, Nick Casario into drafting Alabama outside linebacker Will Anderson. Anderson is a safe prospect. He's a tremendous prospect and uh, great character. And so all the people that keep writing and broadcasting that, they leave out one important fact. Who's going to be the quarterback? They didn't sign Case Keenum to be the quarterback this season. Davis Mills is not going to get a third years the starting quarterback you think D'Amico wants to go into his first season when everybody is so fired up about the Texans now for the first time in a while and they're not going to draft a quarterback and to douse uh, water on the fire and put it out I just don't see it if they if Mills had come off a, a year in which it improved from a rookie and he's okay we're going to give him one more chance I don't think so. And then there's Nick completes out there and say, well, just be bad again and get one of the top picks next year. Mm -mm. Uh, Marcus May or uh, Caleb Williams. I'm thinking there's no guarantee they can get them. Well, you can always trade up and trade what? You take a quarterback this year, you don't have to trade anything. I wrote a column for Gallery Sports last week. I went over everything. I had from people I trust, mostly former NFL people, about the strengths and weaknesses of Young and Stroud. The only weakness for Bryce Young is that he's too small, and there's nothing he can do to improve on that. And then C.J. Stroud, the only negative I could see about him is that he doesn't run enough. But it's like he said at the combine, I got great receivers and they were open. Why would I run? He had a game in which he ran six times for 72 yards against Northwestern. He ran 12 times in that great performance over Georgia, against Georgia, one-point loss. 
And people keep talking about that game. Well, look at the last game of his rookie year. He went against Utah in the Rose Bowl, and he threw for 500 and something yards, and he was magnificent. And so I don't have any problem with Stroud. He's got size. He's the best pure passer in the draft. He's smart. Uh, nobody cares that he's represented by David Mulligetta, who was doing what Deshaun Watson wanted. And in retrospect, it was good to get Watson out of here. And uh, But I would be happy with either one of them, but I would be so shocked, Sean, that I would faint, fall on the floor and hit my head and get a concussion if they bypassed the quarterback Carolina's taking, and I still think that's Stroud. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so, John, if they were to do that, let's just pretend for a second that they do that. They pass on a quarterback at two. They announce they, they, they get to two, and we find out they're not going to take one of those two quarterbacks. What is the least of all the evils that they could do with that pick? Draft another player, draft another quarterback, trade back for a quarterback, trade back for... Uh, a, a player, you know, just a non-quarterback. Like, what what scenario with that number one pick out of all those things? Do you think is there any set? Is there any scenario of of the four I just mentioned? Pick a pick a quarterback, pick a non-quarterback, not named Stroud. Um, trade back for a quarterback. Trade back for a non-quarterback. Are there any of those that you envision Texan fans at the draft party being happy with at that point? I think if they bypass quarterback, their fans are going to be very unhappy. They're going to boo like they booed J.J. Watt because people are tired of seeing bad quarterbacking since Watson uh, was sent to the sideline after the 2020 season. <clears throat> Excuse me. You hope that they're not going to be in a position to draft this high again, that they're going to win a few games. Maybe they'll win six like you and I predicted last year. Mm -hmm. That's going to take them out of the top picks. And next year, when you have two great prospects, if you want to trade up for them, it's going to cost you even more. And that's the last year they have two number one picks. Now, see Nick Casario's grand plan is we're going to go after uh, Lamar Jackson and we're going to give him $230 million guaranteed. And this is a dream and a fantasy, of course, because they're not going to give them $230 million guaranteed. But if that was the case, then if they were to take Will Anderson Jr. at two and end up with a receiver like Jackson Smith the Jigba or, or Addison or Quinn Johnston with their other number one pick, that'd be easy to understand. But what if you did that and then you signed Jackson to an offer sheet and the uh, 
And the uh, Ravens said, we're going to match that. Yeah, you're stuck. And you still got, as your starting quarterback, Case Keenum with De- or Davis Mills with the other as a backup. And if you did that, you might indeed be in a running for one of those top prospects in 2024. I think they're tired of losing after going four, four, three victories the last three seasons and being so utterly pathetic. I think the McNair family, Casario, D'Amico, they're all fired up about winning a few more games and showing progress. And you're not going to do that if you don't have a quarterback. I tell you what would be a stunner, Sean, is if they they took Will Levis. Uh, Anthony Richardson is not really. So if they take him, he's going to be third team. And but if they were to take Will Levis over, say Stroud, mm. I think people would go crazy. Crazy, bad, crazy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What if they took Anthony Richardson over CJ Stroud? I think if you did that, you're looking three years down the road. This year would be he's not ready to play. He wasn't ready to play very well last year. You're taking a you're taking the ultimate boomer bust guy. A guy who looks great in shorts and t-shirts. Every time I look up and see his highlights on ESPN or the NFL Network, he's running with the ball. And he's a quarterback. You want to see him making throws. And throwing against no competition at the combine is pro day. I just don't buy it. And uh, that's why I do not see Casario and Ryans bypassing Young or Stroud for Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. Well, John, what are the Colts going to do? I mean, they're sitting at four. They need a quarterback. You know, like again, I, unless they're tanking, I don't see Gardner Minshew being the guy that they're that Chris Ballard is is hanging his job on. They have a roster that, as currently constructed, they kind of need to make some stuff happen now. I mean, it's a roster that's all of a sudden a couple years away from getting older. You know, it's it, uh, Shaquille Leonard, the former Darius Leonard, is very highly paid, and he missed almost all of last season. Ryan Kelly, their center, very highly paid. He's been banged up. Um, uh, DeForest Buckner, very highly paid. He's getting older. Um, you know, and Jonathan Taylor is coming off injury, and there's talk that they may extend him because Ballard likes to build from within and extend guys that he drafts. You're doing that with Anthony Richardson as your pick at four. Your timeline of when he becomes, you know, sort of a self-actualized real NFL quarterback and the window that you've created with this roster are kind of out of kilter, no? That's why I think they'll give a pick to Arizona, swap spots to have their choice, maybe give them a pick next year. Arizona moves one spot, still gets Will Anderson, unless the Cardinals decide they want Jalen Carter, but they're rebuilding, and I don't think Carter's the kind of guy you bring into a rebuilding situation you need uh, veteran leadership. That's why I think Carter will go to Seattle. That seems to be an ideal fit. They're desperate. They don't care. They'll say they care about character, but they proved with the Frank Clark pick they don't. And uh, so I think they'll give them whatever it take, takes, and it won't take that much to swap spots, and they both get uh, the player a player they want. But but if they but I'm who would they take at three then the Colts if they move up to three Levis instead of Richardson I guess even though Shane Steichen's a first year coach he's got a five year contract Chris Ballard their GM you know I don't think he can afford to wait two years I don't think Jim Mersey wants to wait two years and I think Levis you know, there's a lot more to see from Levis 
than there is from Richardson. Yeah, I mean, neither is a great option, but... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, as long as you're talking about that, John, let's hit the, uh, the cards number three pick. Schefter had a quick blurb on that today that at least six teams have reached out to the Cardinals to try to talk about trading up to three, knowing that it's probably Stroud and Young in some order at one and two. You know, the cards pick at number three has turned into the new number one. You know, it's that's the number one pick in the draft for everybody who's not the Texans or the Panthers, which is exactly what you and I have talked about on this podcast that was going to happen. The, you know, the podcast we did after Carolina made that trade, we talked about how the Arizona pick at number three is the new number one. Um, I jotted down – I. I he said at least six teams. So maybe more teams have talked to the Cardinals than six. I jotted down the six that I thought it would be. I wanted to rapid fire these teams at you. And you tell me if these are teams that should be looking to trade up to three to get either Levis or Richardson, presumably. You just mentioned Indianapolis. That's an obvious one. So we don't need to hit that one. Seattle at five. Maybe because the, even though Geno Smith is coming off his best season and they signed him to a three-year deal, Maybe they're happy with getting one of the quarterbacks and giving them a year or two. Las Vegas at seven. They signed Garoppolo and Hoyer. Garoppolo's contract they can get out of after a year. Some people think it's a one-year deal. I could see them trying to trade up to get Anthony Richardson and watching and learning behind those guys at least a season, maybe two seasons. Uh, Josh McDaniels, good quarterback coach, uh, would Mark Davis be okay with that and be patient and know he's still going to be mediocre for a couple of years? Atlanta at eight, moving up to three. With I don't, I don't buy Sean. The Falcons are sold on Desmond Ritter. Me neither. He was a third round pick. He played. He was okay. Arthur Smith, the head coach, is an has an offensive background, and I could see him falling in love with one of those other guys and trading up to try to get one. All right, two more. Tennessee Titans at 11 moving up to three. I've seen that in some mock drafts lately. Yeah, that's a, that to move up from 11 to three would take what the Panthers went from nine to one. Yeah. And so that's a lot of stuff you have to give up. The Titans had to totally rebuild their offensive line. They need another receiver, but Ryan Tannehill, everybody says this is it. So I could see them if they saw a quarterback and said, we have to have him, we can build around him, I could see them because they're bringing in those quarterbacks to check them out. So then I guess Malik Willis is just toast there probably, right? Yeah, they'll never say that. But they they draft him, in, and he had a chance, and it's so unfair because they had injuries in their line. They traded A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks was a rookie. It just seems very unfair, but for them to be checking out these quarterbacks, I know they're definitely interested. Last one, Washington Commanders moving up. That'd be a big move to go from 16 to three, and maybe they'd have to do it in stages, you know, maybe 
16 to 12 with the Texans and then maybe from 12 up to up to three. Uh, but uh, Washington is Washington, a logical trade partner for Arizona. It's interesting because Ron Rivera, he had Sam Howell for one game and he said that they're going to go with him for now. And somebody said, well, Patrick Mahomes had one game. Yeah, but he was a number one pick. Sam Howell was like fifth round. And in his defense, in his last year at North Carolina, he'd lost everybody. And he was great his sophomore year. So maybe they'll go with him. They signed Kobe Brissett. But it, to go as far as where they are, they'd be more inclined to me to trade up to four because and take the quarterback that was left. I don't think they can pull it off. But they still, it looks like they need a top quarterback. But are these other two guys worth giving up a lot to try to get one? Washington has a running game. They have a good offensive line. They have a great defensive line. They are a quarterback away. Maybe it's Sam Allen. Maybe it isn't. And they're not going to be bad enough to get one of the top two quarterbacks next year. But I just don't see them being able to pull it off. No, I think two things when it comes to a team like Washington and even Tennessee to a degree. I mean, 11 is pretty far to move from to get to three. If I'm Arizona, I don't want to move much further down than six or seven because I want to stay in that upper tier where I can still get, you know, because you know at least three quarterbacks are being taken. So you're in that top seven. You know you're still going to come away with one of Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Jalen Carter, if he checks out with everybody, you know, if people are comfortable with, I know you said maybe not a great fit in Arizona where they are in the rebuild, but you start moving down to 11 and 16 and, you know, you're for picks in the future that you don't know where they're going to be in the first round, you know? So that's, that's a risky thing. I think on the Washington side of things, or maybe even the Tennessee side of things for any Texan fan is like, well, just pass on quarterback this year. Cause Caleb Williams and Drake may are coming out next year and it'll all be good. If you, improve by two or three games. I mean, you're still not even a good football team at six and 11, but I can tell you right now, you ain't going to be, it's, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to move from, from there. You know, Tennessee was what, eight and nine last year, I think eight and nine last year. And they, they're sitting at 11, you know, it's not as easy as just, well, these guys are coming out next year. You got to, if you mess around and win a few games, which against this schedule, they could, you know, in that division that they're in right now and crossing over with the NFC South, which is not a good division. They play Arizona this year. They play Denver this year. They play the, I believe, the Jets this year outside of the division the Texans do. Um, it's, uh, well, the Jets will have Aaron Rodgers, so that won't be an easy game. But you see what I'm saying, John. Like, you mess around and win six games, and all of a sudden, forget getting, you're not getting Caleb Williams or Drake May if you go win five or six games. The Texans have too many needs and will have too many needs next year to be yeah. given up drive choices to move up. If you can get a guy you think's a franchise quarterback without giving up anything, you got to take him. Now, the key is what if Nick Stroud or D'Amico Ryans or both just say, well, Bryce Young's too short or C.J. Stroud's too – I don't know what negativity it is about Stroud – but they just don't like him. If you don't like him, you can't force them to take him. But universally, everybody says those are the two best quarterbacks and are clearly the best prospects over the other two guys. People that rave about Anthony Richardson's in shorts and T-shirts, you know, you're just, I've, I've seen too many quarterbacks 
and been to their pro days when they just were outstanding and people got fired up about it. Vince Jones, Marcus Russell, Blake Borders, Johnny Manziel. Look what happened to all those guys. Yep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, John, you ready to do some for real or fugazis? I got a few of them to fire at you here. For real. All right, let's do it. For those who are new to the podcast, welcome in, first of all. Secondly, we do a segment each week called For Real or Fugazi. I read a statement to John. I read it as if it is the truth. If John agrees with it, that it is the truth, he says, for real. And if he thinks that I am off my rocker, that what I said is false, he says, Fugazi. Fugazi, Italian for counterfeit, phony is what we say. All right, John, let's rapid fire some of these. If the deal is good enough, the Texans should trade down, even if it's with an AFC South team, for real or Fugazi? For real. If they think they're going to, it's going to be a, a good deal, they should have enough confidence that they can beat Indianapolis. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think they'll do it. But if it, it's got to be a deal where they go, we cannot pass this up. I, I The reason I bring this up, there's a mock draft on CBSSports.com today. We're going to probably, Seth and I are going to break it down tomorrow on the show, where the I think it's Ryan Wilson of CBSSports.com has the Titans trading up from 11 to 2 to draft Stroud. They give up. Obviously, they get the 11th pick. They flip-flop spots. The Texans get a first and a third in 24 and a first and a fourth in 25. Two firsts and two mid, you know, a third and a fourth to go with two firsts for for nine spots in the draft. I don't see Casario looking at 2025 stockpiling first round picks because he's not going to be around in 2025 if they're not, they don't show marked improvement in 2024. I just don't see it. I think he wants players at this point, and I do not see them trading with the Titans. Maybe swapping with, uh, say, Arizona swapped with uh, Indy. Indy's Mm -hmm. third. You can put stipulations in there. And uh, let's see, 19, uh, what was it, 85, the Oilers traded down with Minnesota, but they put in there, you cannot take Ray Childress. Mm. And so they got a pick and they got Ray Childress. Mm -hmm. So they could put in there, okay, say, Tennis Indy went from four to three, and then Indy put in there, we will take Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. And then I could see him trading with Indy, who would get Anthony Richardson, and they would get the quarterback who uh, Carolina did not take. Okay. Well, that's that's an interesting scenario. All right, let's keep it moving, John. For real or Fugazi, uh, B. John Robinson is the best football player in this draft, not the best prospect overall, because we know he's not going number one, but B. John Robinson running back at Texas is the best football player in this draft for real or for easy. Wow. Jalen Carter is the best football player in the draft. If it comes just to skills, Will Anderson is a great prospect as well. Now Robinson to me is top five. I like Will Anderson. He has no blemishes. If you had to look for anything on Will Anderson, so well, 
he's a little undersized. Mm -hmm. Dale Carter, he's got the character issues, but those those guys are all great prospects. Bryce Young, of course, is too short. C.J. Stroud, I, I can't think anything negative about him, but Robinson's right up there, and that's why I do not think that he will drop. I see these mock drafts that have him going to Buffalo or Dallas. There's no way he's going to be there. For no, no. The ones that have him going to Dallas are insane. That, there's no chance. I don't know that he gets past the Eagles at 10, honestly. I have him going to Philly in my mock drafts. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't go earlier. Philadelphia let Miles Sanders, the leading rusher, get away in free agency. And somebody said, well, they signed – Rashard Penny, they don't need a running back. Okay. Are you kidding me? The guy was Whatever. hurt last year. Yeah. He's he was good when he wasn't hurt the year before. There's no comparison <laughs> to Penny and Robinson. He ran rough shot over the Texans in 2021. I remember that yeah, one. That was a highlight of his career. It was. It was. All right, let's do another football one. I've got a few extras here, John. But the last football one, Odell Beckham Jr. will be the difference in getting Lamar Jackson back in the fold in Baltimore, for real or Fugazi? I think it's for real. I've never thought Jackson was leaving Baltimore to begin with, but I think uh, he, he need, they need another receiver. I think it's one of the worst contracts I've ever seen to give him $15 million guaranteed with a yeah. chance to make 18 He said two major surgeries on the same day over the last three years. And, uh, Nuts. I would have given him – it's great for him and his agent. Absolutely. But to me, he needs a contract – with a low base and a lot of money based on the games he plays. Yeah, I, that that was a very unRavens like move. That was uh, that felt a little desperate by the Ravens, but hey, they're the Ravens. Let them do what they want to do. Uh, all right, John Chaz McCormick is the everyday leadoff hitter until Jose Altuve returns. For real or Fugazi? Gosh, I'll say for real because Jeremy Pena was awful. John, I you're like me. Too, like I'm, it's I'm ready, games. It's ten games in, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna have the same one in here next week for for real or Fugazi after Chaz too, goes one for eighteen this week. Man, get him out of there. <laughs> At one point, they were thinking about Bregman. Bregman has like one extra base hit. He's off to a terrible start. Maybe I'll put Dubon back there. He's hitting three of four. <laughs> Nobody wants to bat in leadoff spot. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's this a is small just... sample size. It is. But, uh, Chasmanian Devil was a lot better than Pena. Pena's more comfortable hitting where he is now. John, for real or Fugazi, the Houston Rockets head coaching job is a desirable one. I think for real. They got all those number one picks. They could end up with Victor Wambiyama. They could end up with one of the top prospects in the country. I think they'll go after an experienced coach who's been a head coach, who is good at coaching defense. And uh, I think considering you can only go one way, I think it's a tremendous uh, job job possibility. John, for real or Fugazi, Rudy Gobert will no longer be remembered as patient zero in the NBA COVID shutdown. He'll now be remembered as the guy who punched his teammate for calling him a bitch. For real or Fugazi? For real. That is hilarious <laughs> watching that. And it's almost like he reached out and hit him with a, I don't want to say girl swipe, but hit him. Hit it was him. a very French punch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Gobert going back to that initial news conference and him taking the tape recorders and rubbing his hands all over him. And then he's the first guy gone with COVID-19. It's funny. He's been a good player. But if you think about his career, what's he remembered for? Oh, he's remembered for rubbing all the microphones before COVID, then actually getting COVID. 
<laughs> now punching a teammate. He's also he's also the player that'll be remembered for being selected last in the All Star game twice. You know the draft that they do right before the game, yeah. like playground style. He's been now that part. I don't. It's funny. But I think that's more like it's the All-Star game. Who needs a shot-blocking center in the NBA All-Star game? Nobody plays any defense. Yeah, Guy's the defensive player of the year. But it's a fun narrative to put out there about him. All right, last one, John. Well, first of all, before I do this one, have you seen 1923? Uh, yes. Okay. For real or for Gazy, 1923, the first season, is better than last season's Yellowstone. Uh, for real. Uh, I was really disappointed in the last season of Yellowstone. I don't like John Dutton. Kevin Costner is the governor. I'm also down on him because of all these problems they have talking about him leaving. But yeah. I think that Taylor, I would say Taylor Sheridan is spreading himself too thin with all the shows he's got on. But uh, I think 1883 and 1923 were both terrific. Yeah, we just Amy and I just finished 1923 last night. We were behind on it, and we just we binged it over the last two days. I I put a report card on Twitter last night, John. You tell me if I'm off base on this because I there's really like there's three storylines going on with 1923. There's the there's Jacob Dutton versus the guy who played Braun in Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Um, there's the Native American community versus the Catholic Church. Uh, over that school where they beat the kids all the time. And then there's Spencer and the chick that he met, Alex, trying to somehow uh, uh, make it across the Atlantic Ocean back to the United United States. My report card on those three storylines, I give the Native American versus Catholic Church an A. I give the Duttons versus Braun an A-, and I give the Spencer trying to get home storyline a D+. I hate the Spencer trying to get home storyline. He better whoop ass when he gets home in the next season, or else this is going to be a major disappointment. I agree with you a hundred percent. And, uh, and I got a recommendation for people, uh, a show that got a lot of attention when it, when it came out, but considering I just got my first smart TV is Goliath mm. with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. It was on for four years. We binged watched all four years it was outstanding. So check out Goliath. Goliath, a recommendation from the general. I like that. Um, yeah, like the, this, these 1923, the storylines, like I judge a storyline almost like entirely by how I feel when it comes on the screen. Like, oh, excellent. This is this is where one of the nuns is going to get her ass kicked in this in this scene. <laughs> you know, like anytime Spencer pops up on a boat or trying to, you know, like get get on a get in a dune buggy in the in the in the outback, you know, trying to kill a leopard or something. I'm like, okay, this is this is six minutes. I'm never going to get back. That kind of thing. That got your attention when they're two lead actors. When you saw the the trailers, you saw the writing, the talk yeah. shows, everybody talking about Helen Mirren and and Harrison Ford. Yeah, and it made you. Curious to check it out. What would get these two acting heavyweights who are older to come back and go through uh, a very physical time in our country's history? It's not like they're just walking in a room and talking. No. And I, I, they're two of the all-time greats. Talking them in to do that, it sets up, sets up not only the show, but other actors may see that and go, whoa, 
I want to get a piece of one of his shows. Absolutely. Getting in on that Yellowstone franchise, man, you'll be signing autographs forever at autograph shows after that, for sure. All right, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? I'll have my fifth mock draft on uh, gallerysports.com. I'm I'm doing a column on for sportsradio610.com on the Texans and D'Amico Ryans, who's meeting with the media on Tuesday. And uh, I'm writing an Astros column as we speak, that they finally won a game Sunday over the Twins the way they won the World Series with great starting pitching, great bullpen, and great timely hitting led off by their new leadoff hitter extraordinaire until maybe next week. Chaz <laughs> Crowned by John McClain, Chaz McCormick. John, you don't have to give it up on your mock draft, but I just want to ask you this. Have you, in any of your mock, this is the fifth one you've done, you said? Right. Have, in any of them, have you had the Texans taking somebody other than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Uh, so far? Uh, no. Okay. No. I've had okay. both the quarterbacks, and I just swapped them. And the last three, I think I've had Young. I'm still – I still don't see Frank Reich. And I read today he's only had six games in his career as coaches, quarterback, offense coordinator, and head coach. Six games when he didn't start a quarterback at least six four. That all of a sudden he's going to trade all those picks to take a quarterback's five ten and eight, who will be playing in the one nineties. And uh, somebody said, well, maybe David Tepper's going to make him, and if he does, hey, they got to do it. But I don't think the owner hired him and gave him five year contract, making him do something. Scott Fitter of the GM, everybody says, well, he's the one that'll make the pick. Yeah. But if, if Frank Reich has coached him and he says, I want CJ's drought and they go with Bryce Young, they deserve whatever uh, negative negativity happens to them. Absolutely. That, that would be quite the salvo before Frank Reich even coached a game if he had his legs chopped out from under him uh, on his quarterback pick. Um, all right, John, good stuff. Enjoyed it as always. Sean, thank you very much. I did too. Can't wait till we do our next one on Wednesday. It'll be the mailbag, the mailbag episode. If you guys want to send in a question, mailbag at gmail.com, mailbag at gmail.com. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting this podcast out to you. That guy works so hard. Uh, Figgy Fig is the man. We appreciate him getting this podcast to you. If you are new to the podcast or you're getting it on sort of a episode-by-episode episode basis and you want to make sure you don't have to do anything to get it, just hit subscribe and it'll go right to your smartphone or wherever it is you get your podcast we appreciate you doing that and um, we will see all of you a little later on this week a couple days from now for a mailbag episode of the utopia football podcast the draft countdown is on we're two and a half weeks away from what will be a transformative night we hope for the houston texans so until then for the general john mcclain i'm sean pendergast we are out of time we will see you next time on the utopia football podcast have a great day everybody